Welcome to another episode of That's What She Said with Zach and Nicole. Nicole, you took my line. Yeah, because I'm switching it up. <laughs> oh, you heard me rehearsing before this, and you just—I've been know. protecting my intro. I don't care. Let's move on. We've got and a lot Nicole. to talk about. <laughs> that was so dirty. What a way to start the podcast. Oh. <laughs> I said we we're going to switch it up a long time ago, and, and I never did. So I felt like just going all in today. All right, I respect uh, it, honestly. Well, we got a lot to talk about, so let's let's, uh, let's get it cracking. So I'll start with a couple, and then we can get into oh, yeah. the main discussion. So Leslie Headland is confirmed to be writing Star Wars uh, Disney Plus series, um, but it's we'll- not confirmed yet. Um, exactly what it is last episode we discussed that it was about that she was rumored to be creating a a female centric star wars story and now it just says creating a star wars series or movie so we'll see where that goes comic con announces they will be doing a comic con at home event this summer which if you could see nicole she's very (laughs) excited about this i am so about this um briefly i just really oh I would pay for it to be online. Like, I don't care. I will sit here for about three hours waiting in line to watch Hall H or watch Kevin Feige just come out for 90 minutes and just talk. I I will pay literally like $300 to watch that. Wow. $300. It's probably more, uh, probably like six hundred. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I saw that face. You're like, you are going way below the belt. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's <laughs> what they would do. Uh, Marvel is developing a Ghost Rider project. Uh, last time we saw Ghost Rider was in 2007 with Nicolas Cage. I, for one, am pretty excited about this because I am. Too. It's a character that we haven't seen in a while, and and with the new technology, it could be really, really good. And I know that. Um... I was, I'm not gonna lie, I was very up in the air about it because, you know, they, they're, it's the same thing kind of with Fantastic Four when they finally announced that stuff. It's kind of like, okay, this could be a hit or miss. So I'm, I'm interested to see what, where it goes with it. I know with these type of like project developments, I'm always, I, I kid you not, I always am like, all right, how's Zach gonna respond to this? He's either gonna be like, all right, let me see where this goes. Or he's gonna be like, fuck, no, we don't need that again. I'm, I'm glad that you you understand my sensibility with this stuff because that's really it's how a, I am. It's like a it's a hit or miss for him because I could think something is super exciting and yeah. I could tag him and I could be like he knows my like my the tone of my voice through tweets and then he's just like oh not again really and then yeah. he has like five fans backing him up and then I have people attacking me so you know. Honestly, <laughs> He laughs because he knows that this has happened multiple times. Well, it's not multiple times. It's maybe it like, like once, twice. It was twice. It's happened only twice. Zach did not help me. Zach just texted me and goes, "You have some people angry at you." I'm like, "Yeah, I let her burn, guys. <laughs> I let her burn. I was not." <laughs> He's like, "Finally." You know Coming that meme of that little girl as she's watching her house <laughs> in flames, and she like turns That's to the camera. She's like. Mm. That's me. Zach is was... uh, Michael Jackson with the popcorn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just, literally what I think of every time I get into like a Twitter argument. Oh my gosh. 
So um, this is this is your alley. This is all you. Martin Scorsese. Scorsese. <laughs> Uh, is in talks with Apple and Netflix for a new film, Killers of the Flower Moon, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Ooh. Robert De Niro, which is a pairing oh. that I've waited for for a long time. It's the pairing I didn't know. I, I knew I needed, but I didn't know what for. And, I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio will always have my heart. And Robert De Niro is a fantastic actor, legendary. So seeing both of them on screen, I'm just, I'm, I'm ready for an Oscar winning performance and big picture it's, role from both of them. It's the best of both worlds. It really is. And you have your director directing the film. And I know how much Zach, the way Zach loves Martin Scorsese is like, he got mad at me. I remember a year ago because I didn't know who he was. And I remember he just, you remember that? Yeah, I have. <laughs> that tweet comes up all the time. I, I, I think about the day a lot. And I ask him, I'm like, who's Martin Scorsese? And he just like, I think you hung up on me or something. And you're just like, excuse me. And I, I went. I went as far as to bring out my copies of Martin Scorsese films he and really take did. a picture of them and send he them did. to her because I can't I believe you didn't know who Martin Scorsese was. Anyway, yes, I think it's cool. I think it's epic. Not only cool, it's epic that you have a director using both of his acting muses to create a new film. And I'm interested and to see how it comes about. I'm interested to see. I mean, I know nothing about the film, in all honesty. I just knew when they were attached to the project and I saw who the director was and the actors, I just so immediately said, Zach's going to be happy. It's a book. It's based on a book which investigates a series of murders of wealthy Osage people in Osage County, Oklahoma, after there were oil deposits found in their, in underneath their ground. And that is um, right up Leo and Robert De Niro's... So it's supposed to be a sort of Western, apparently, and it's written by David Grant, who was the author of the book, Killers of the Flower Moon, and Eric Roth, who is also the writer of Forrest Gump, The Insider, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, and A Star is Born wow. 2018, which was Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Fantastic film. It's going to be really, really cool. I think so. Um, Uncut Gems has been released into netflix and yes, I, honestly i heard so many like bad things about it like i heard i've heard bad things as far as it ends really abruptly um but i i still haven't been able to see it i really want to watch it um and my, my dad just, just watched it yesterday so i mean i might just book myself a free netflix trial to go check it out again because i i need to I see it. Netflix. I mean, I don't have, I mean, I might watch it. I might not. It looked interesting. Isn't it based on, is it based on a true story? No, it's like mixing real life and, and fiction together. Interesting. Because none of the events in the movie actually happen. It's all fictionalized. But oh. what does happen is the 2008 NBA finals with uh, the Boston Celtics oh, and Kevin Garnett. That's right. That's I did real. hear about that. So they like meshed the two events together to create the story of someone with like gambling addiction and uh, 
Didn't the guy um, like bet $1.7 million? Yeah, something it? crazy. Like, like yeah, that, yeah, I read that tweet the other day and I was like, that's what, that's what made me think it was based on a true story. But I guess it mixing it makes more sense. Yeah, it's, it's like this melding of two worlds. So I'm interested to see how the Sadafi brothers do that. Well, let me know how it is. <laughs> I will do. Um, and in show news, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia has been renewed for season 15, which makes it the longest running live action comedy series of all time, which I'm kind of upset how I met your mother did not make it that yeah, far. Have you seen It's Always Sunny? Honestly, I haven't, but I've, you need I always to watch used to see the sunny. commercials. You need to okay. watch It's Always Sunny. Because it- if you watch It's Always Sunny, you'll, you'll realize why it, it, it's the longest running Live action comedy series all the time. Um, it could I be, think honestly. it is. It is. It is. It I'll, is it, I'll, maybe yeah, I'll watch that. It's my so funny. It's so funny. And the series is, is still good in the first few seasons. But once Danny DeVito gets in, it's oh. so... It's just... I love him. It's just ridiculous. It's so funny. Okay. And I know you were very, very, I don't know, excited, but interested. Because we finally got the Snyder Cut Justice Re- Justice League um, coming out to HBO Max 2021. They have not set a specific date, but Zack Snyder has said that it will come out early 2021, I believe. So I, we haven't talked about it in depth yet. Yeah, I'm we have very haven't. interested to hear what you have to say because I feel like we're going to be kind of opposite on this. You know how I feel about Zack Snyder. I know how you feel, but I didn't realize, and I did not realize that Joss Whedon had came had come in and finished the cut. I did not know, but he did direct mm-hmm. Snyder. For those for those people who don't know the story, Zack Snyder filmed the entire Justice League film, and then um, I believe his his son or daughter, his daughter, his daughter, his daughter. Committed suicide? I don't know. I just know that she died. She then, she died. She died yeah. and um he qu- he quit the film kind of abruptly because of it, which which was completely made sense. And Josh Whedon came in and finished the cut. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were pissed because they're like, okay, well the Snyder cut, because he kept saying that he has all this unfinished, like mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see how it is. I think from what I've been from what I've been reading, there's so much more detail and more character arc that you were talking about. Yeah. That's what I read has been in the Snyder cut. Well, so it, maybe it'll make more sense. I know it's not that the movie doesn't make sense cuz I just saw it again. I have to rewatch like, before, it. Before before we jumped on, I just finished watching it. And it's not that the movie doesn't make sense. It's the fact, and that there's more to the story than, than we actually know, because we also find out that um, Zack Snyder's first cut was over five hours long. Yeah, and I think that's the one that's going to be on HBO and Max. Then, and then HB, uh, sorry, Warner Brothers execs are looking for the movie to be in this sweet spot of two hours and 15 or something like that. So bringing Joss Whedon in, Joss Whedon cut the film to that point where it's just over two hours. Knowing 
Zack Snyder, if he was involved, the movie would have been in excess of three hours. Oh, most likely. Just over. So... Do you think it's going to make a difference? The Snyder Cut? Yeah. Do you think that'll change your perspective on the film? My issue with Zack Snyder has only got to do with the fact that his stories have poor character development. And I don't feel like any of the, I don't feel anything's earned and I don't feel the conflicts are real enough to create the kind of situations they create. And, you know, and I think that of course, in hindsight, he's going to have a better understanding of what to do. But I think if you're now re-watching the film and making comments on it and saying, and I'm, ref- I'm referring to um, the quarantine watch party for Justice League. Um, yes. When you're going back and you're watching the movie and you're saying, okay, I did this because, or this is what was supposed to be in the film, or this is what I was trying to explain. Of course you can say all these great things, but the fact that it's not in the film is, is I think is very in, very indicative of the kind of director that he is. In a sense, I'm saying, I feel like Zach prioritizes cool visuals over actual story arcs. And I think that's what makes these films so hard to digest for me is because I don't feel these characters really risk anything or anything really happens. I don't feel anyone leaves changed by the events that they're going through. And I think you need that sort of realistic aspect. I think that's the one thing Marvel does pretty well is characters are somewhat changed by the events that they've been through. And that's just a human story. I think any, any human or humanoid, if, you know, if, if you're going to make a story, you want characters who are, re- replicate human emotion. And I think given that, these characters should also be changed by the events that happen. Um, and just rewatching Justice League, I just, I never felt like, I liked it, but I still didn't feel anything was, was earned. And so my thing is, I just don't want to see a four and a half hour long movie that's still not going to give me character arcs. And you're saying that there's a possibility that there will be character arcs, which I, you know, could be, but I think, he's more interested in fixing the visual elements than he is about creating a a great story. That's just from what I've seen from past movies from Batman versus Superman and and 300. I mean, it's more of a visual storytelling than it is about actual characters and conflict. I mean, you make a valid point. (laughs) Um, I think because I'm not, I'm not a Zach. I, I, okay. Rewinding. I think the film, uh, when I first saw it, I was a fan. I'm not going to lie. I did think, for me, I did think it was good, but I also find it hard for me. Like if I'm not into the movie, like I'll know. I did like rewatching it a couple times after that, after I got criticized by some people, I watched, um, I watched it again. And I thought, okay, it has potential. The potential is there for it to create the the league that we that people mm-hmm. grew up on, that people have watched the animated movie show, everything, the comics, 
I think it has a potential, but it just wasn't there for the characters. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden Superman comes back and I just, it, it was also just like kind of, I don't know the word. It, it just felt very rush, very like it didn't have an oomph to it. And again, like I don't, not comparing it to Marvel at all, but like Marvel, you feel those character developments. Like you see Tony Stark go from like million, billionaire philanthropist playboy to this guy who would, who literally snaps his fingers to bring everyone, like everyone back to the world. And I feel like for me, if I had seen like Batfleck like that for maybe two more films, I would have felt his character more. Or if I would have seen Aquaman if they had made an Aquaman before Justice League, I would have felt his character more. And it was very random because all of a sudden Ben Affleck or Bruce Wayne is going out and he, he meets um, Aquaman. I'm like, okay, but how, like, this literally just comes about, like, very, very quickly. And it's not like it wasn't a progression, whereas the Marvel movies are progression. And I don't really like comparing the two because it's, like, it's literally tomatoes and potatoes, like, tomatoes and tomatoes, tomatoes and potatoes. But you know what I mean? Like I do. we have we I I and I always say this too about Justice League. I feel like we should have gotten all the individual films before the Justice League style. We could have had a build up right. and maybe we would have seen at the end of Aquaman, we could have seen Bruce Wayne coming to him and being like, I need your help on something, the world's gonna end. Uh which I know just like but apparently we're getting Green Lantern in this, which I I had which I had called that when I saw the trailer mm-hmm. for, for theory wise, I had seen it like I was like, and I was disappointed. So I definitely mm-hmm. think that we're going to get more characters in the film that were cut out. I, I, th- I think your issue has more to do with Zach leaving the project so abruptly because of a family emergency. Because I, I feel like a lot of how, a lot of responsibility for how the movie's been shaped should really be pinned on Joss Sweden. And the fact that, I'm, I'm just saying that the fact that Zack Snyder was the creative force for the yes. DC universe moving forward. They gave him the keys to the kingdom and they expected him to deliver. The thing what Zack was doing was he was creating these big mass spectacles with little nuggets for movies to come the trouble is that's different to the marvel formula of doing movie by movie by movie where you get to learn more about the character to then having this big massive event that you already have you know previous movies creating the backstory for this big event you know for the fact that he sowed the seeds of doomsday in batman versus superman and we kind of got to learn more about that through justice league i just feel like it was the wrong idea because in events that things like this happen where he is no longer on the project, you lose all of that material to build up the rest of the movies going forward. And, and then what happens? Those massive gatherings. I do like the, I, I think justice league had so much great potential to it. It's just the way it was executed, the way that like the storyline went. And but it, again, that's what I'm saying. I think that's more to do with, what Joss Whedon was left yeah. with to make a movie out of, to please the execs and provide something to the fans, rather than what I think Zach was trying to execute in the sense of Zach would have given us 
a four-hour movie, but at least it would have been deeper in terms of what was there because he knew what he was trying to do and only he knew how he was trying to do it. So to get someone else to come in and re-execute it, you know, I'm in two ways about, you know, this Zack Snyder cut, honestly. Um, and I, at first I felt it was stupid. At first I felt like it was pointless because I don't feel that we're going to get anything more than, than what we're going to get or what we got. Um, but I think to, and, and I agree with you. I think there was elements in Justice League where I felt Green Lantern would have been a good person to bring in. Um, and it wasn't in the movie and that disappointed I'm curious me as to what well. his role was. Like, honestly, I feel like that could have been a good introduction because they are developing a series at, at HBO Max for Green Lantern. And I, I think what's even harder now is the fact that because Zach's been away from the project or from DC, that other other directors have come in and created their superhero standalones. That now when you look at the trajectory or, or at least the history of the DCEU, it's off. It doesn't feel cohesive because, you know, the relationships that was expressed between Mira and Aquaman in Justice League are very different to their meeting in Aquaman. And so just everything feels out, out of kilter because you have standalone films coming after a big epic where we've already met these characters. And now we get in the backstory of these characters and they've already met certain characters who then reappear in the standalone. So I don't, I don't know what happened per se, but... Um, I think we have to consider the fact that this is a good thing, but also it's also a PR stunt. And it'll get the Snyder fans to shut up on Twitter. It it will, but I, I <laughs> also I also feel like I also feel like this is also a bad thing. Because if it goes bad, then everyone can still attack right. him. And not and only that, I'm, yeah, it, I'm but it's also like, like a he's He's also built up the expectation too high. So now the, we're all up here. Right. And he has to deliver. And he, he only has said, a year to bring it. Not even. They said to him, like, the studio isn't giving him, he wanted like a, what was it? I think it was like, I don't even want to guess. Something like 40 million or yeah, 50 yeah, yeah. million or something like that. And the, studio, and the studio were like, here's, here's 20 and, and go ahead. The film's going to cost between 20 and 30 billion. Million, he wanted sorry. to bring a couple actors back to do reshoots. Yeah. And the studio said, no, we're not giving you that. So he's, wor he's working with what he's got. And I think he wanted the extra money. So that way he could put in more of the visual effects that he wanted. Because now, now I think he's just like, crap. Now I got to raise the bar because now we're getting the Snyder Cut. So I got to up the game. Which, which, is, which is the problem. Because... <laughs> Because there are so many poor things with the Justice League that if he had the opportunity to fix, he would fix them. But the fact that he can't do that and he has to deliver this great movie that fans are expecting and HBO needs this movie to work in order to get people to sign up for their new platform, the bar's too high in my opinion. I think... It's still too early to tell how well it'll do. Um, and I don't even think he knows when he's going to release it, to be honest. I think he just said 2021 and he's going to obviously edit it and wait to see 
but he but Nicole he has a deadline because he the movie needs to be done in time for the launch of the platform HBO Max yeah it really it opened today I'm just oh sorry I I yeah it did I just saw snapshots of it but I'm saying like it needs to it's the big pull people people are going to join the platform for the Snyder Cut he has about six months till 2021. I, I'm going to give it a guess. I think it's going to be released between January to March. I don't think that's enough time to fix all the things that are wrong with Justice League. Well. And the fact that he can't fix it as well makes it worse. So what's going to happen is really that we're just going to get well, he a movie has the that's cut. blanketed. He has it done. He just wants to re- No, I guess but there are so many like- issues like Superman's face. Really? Superman's mouth moves independently of his face. That's a big issue that needs to be fixed. Wait, how does it move independently? So remember how Henry Cavill was in in Mission Impossible and he has a mustache? Yes. So Henry Cavill signed on for Mission Impossible before that. In his contract, they said you need to keep the mustache. He's like, okay. He went off to go do that. Then had to come and do shoots for Justice League and they can't shave it off. So what did they do? They CGI'd his mouth and slapped it on his face and pretended like we weren't going to notice the fact that his mouth was independent of his face. Nicole, you need to watch the videos, man. It's It's so jarring. And I watched it again today and I was like, you can tell. You can tell that his mouth moves independently of his face. And I'm like, you have to fix that. Like, you have to fix that. I genuinely did not notice. They did that, um, fun side fact, they did that with Chris Evans in the first Avengers because he went to film, they didn't CGI him, I don't think, but they, he went to film another film and the event, they came up with a funny shawarma scene, like literally, I think three weeks before the premiere or something, like a month before the premiere. And they were like, okay, we need that. We're just going to add this scene. So they brought them all back together. And he had the mustache, and they were like, well, we're not going to CGI it. So he's, like, sitting. Did you ever notice that? At the end, he's, like, sitting like yeah, that. With his, yeah. It's because he has a mustache. And they didn't want to, like, CGI it. So I think – or they tried to, and it didn't work. So they just added him in later doing that. It's just – there's so many issues with that movie that need to be fixed that I don't – I don't think the time's enough. The money's certainly not enough. So I feel like we're just going to get another movie that's covered over with CGI and, and special effects to, you know, well, cover the mistakes and the things. Because really, the rough cut he has isn't the finished film. And there, I'm sure there are some elements that he wished he could, add, he could add in. But I just think that because the bar's so high, because he said, because they've said 2021, because the expectation is so high that if you don't, de- and because also because he went out and he explained the things that he wanted to do and the things that he was trying to achieve, if he doesn't achieve any of those things, we're going to say, you know, what was the point? It was, it was what, 20 million to unveil the rough cut that you would have had the time to edit and turn into a great movie anyway. I'm just interested to see what he does with the cut. I honestly wonder if it, sorry. No, you're good. I was like, I honestly wonder if it would be better to just give us the rough whatever it is. 
unedited, you know. You want to see it raw, like how? Maybe not raw, but but you know, the best option of everything that you have, and if it's four hours, it's four hours, and just give us the rough whatever. As close, as, I think that's what's going to happen. I think we're going to get as close to the Zack Snyder cut as humanly possible. Because you have to consider the fact that he would have continued to trim the fat on the movie until he got what was, what was needed. And I, I don't think we're going to get that. I, I think we're going to get, you know, parts of the movie that are going to be kind of lopsided because it's just, he just crammed it all together. Which is sad, but also I think that was the argument is saying, you know, are we better off getting an attempt at an artist's vision? You know, is that better off than having a fully fledged, complete full movie that had nothing to do with the artist's intentions? I think he's just going for something that he knows the fans want. And it was a nice announcement during this whole pandemic. I think it'll be something that the fans can anticipate for and it can be a hit or miss. It's going to go either way, honestly. Like, no, I don't really, no one's going to be satisfied regardless, but it'll always be something for the Snyder fans to be like, okay, I, I, this is what I've been waiting for, for four years. So I think it's something that we're going to have to wait and see. A 20 20 million hit or miss. But that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a 20 million hit or miss. Honestly, it could be the best thing that happened to DC. It could be something oh, that we're like, the worst okay. thing. <laughs> the worst idea. But, the biggest PR stunt we've ever seen. Side note, David Ayer, who directed The Suicide Squad back in 2017-18? I want to say 17. I want to say 17, too. Anyways, he um, also has the Ayer cut for that film. He said, I guess there was definitely way more to it. Um, 2016. There was more, I guess, stuff that happens with characters in the film, and there's a, a much more story to it from what I read. Well, so he wants to. He's like, I'm ready to release it. Here's here's a thing, right? And and I was reading this Forbes article that originally I kind of laughed at, but then I thought about it some more, and I realized what the guy was trying to say. Although I don't agree with the way he said it, but. I think this is the, I think the big thing about the Snyder Cut and possibly the other cuts is for movie lovers to see how studio execs shape and change the films that we know and love. Because really we're going to see how drastically different the Snyder Cut is to what we got. And I think we're going to see when... David Ayer, whenever he gets his cut out, we're going to see how radically different his idea of the story was compared to what the studio execs wanted to put out. Someone said the beginning of Suicide Squad was completely different. I guess there was, um, there was a cut that some theater goers did see the first time, like when they were doing like test mm-hmm. runs for it, screenings, um, I should say. And they said the beginning of what they saw for his like film, they don't know if it was his cut or not, but they said the beginning was way different than what we got in the film or what we got as fans to see. And I'm interested, I'm honestly, if I had to say, I would be more interested in an air cut than a Snyder cut. I would like to see what 
differences would be with Suicide Squad if we saw what the director actually had right. for. Because in all honesty, I don't think that much changed for Zack Snyder. I'm sure there are elements that, that were trimmed off that I think in his head would have been super important. Um, but I, I honestly don't think what we got is that far different to what he would have had to produce anyway. So that's, that's how I feel. I, I, but I, I think here's the thing that I think what, what good came out of this is the fact that it's allowed the DCEU to be such a varied universe. Because yeah. once Zack Snyder was removed, you had people, other storytellers being able to get their, their you know, paws on some material. He wasn't removed. I, I went I'm just saying, once, once he, once he, once he took, a, took a hiatus. Yes. Once he took a break, you had other, you were able, were able to expand in other regions. And I think that's why the DCEU is now so colorful and so varied is because it's not going down one tone, which is where Zack was going. So I think that's the good that we did get out of it. But honestly, I just don't think there's going to be much difference to, to the Sonic. I'll still watch it as, as grueling as I'm sure it will be. But just because I, I, I want to know. But I can't wait for you to say to me after you watch it and you're like, Nicole, this is the best thing that Snyder. I don't think I'm going to say that. I'm but I'm going to say it. that. I'm going to say, I'm, gonna say, I'm probably going to say he filled a lot of holes, I, of plot holes that I felt like should have been filled but i don't think i'm going to be like oh it's the greatest thing i've ever seen i don't think that i think batman versus superman is such an embarrassment that i don't i don't see it that was so bad i don't see it being any different to that that's just that's just my bar's very low i thought she was with you i was like what i i mean that's like freaking crack me up um skipping a little bit to marvel for a moment um we won't really go much into it but james gunn uh said on twitter because there were there were fans or fake rumors going around that guardians which guardians was supposed to be released actually this year guardians the galaxy volume three and then there were rumors it was going to be released next year but james gunn had been fired off the project so they had been searching for a director for i want to say about maybe six months or so no one wanted to take the reins from james gunn John blame them and then he finally got hired back on in the midst of being hired for the new the suicide squad film so that took up a good amount of months to film so now i believe um so now rumor has it's it taking a long time to get to this point i'm so sorry no, i lost <laughs> that i accidentally clicked disney plus um <laughs> Anyway, so James Gunn is saying that the film will be released a little bit after 2021. Um, I think it's going to be released in 2022, but it could be released in the beginning of 2023. So I don't know. They have I to think be filming early, it. Yeah, I think they have early to, 2023. They said, rumor had it, that they were supposed to be, they were starting to film like next February, but then James Gunn like debunked that rumor. So. Who knows when they'll get to filming. I, I mean, honestly, I think the storyline, the script is done. The script has been edited, done, all that. So it's all about getting the, getting the 
dates all together in order to get them to film the, the movie. Mm. Yes. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm interested. I, I think. Sorry. I'm curious to see where this. I, I know the only thing I'm going to say is I'm curious to see where this plot line goes because where we left off was Gamora. 2013 Gamora is now, or 2014 Gamora, running amidst in the galaxy. She doesn't know who really the the, the guardians are. Um, so I'm interested because I believe we're going to be getting Thor: Love and Thunder before, obviously before. Guardians 3, which the Guardians will be in Thor 4, so who knows if that's going to play a key role into the third film. It could. So, who I knows? Think, I think it's all... Um, I think what's more important is is safety and actually yes. having the environment to make it. Because, yeah, we can say, oh, it's going to come out, you know, 2021 2023 25 whatever but at this point it's more of what do we have in place to be able to bring said actors and post-production crew and catering stuff and everything everybody that it takes to make a movie how can we get all these people together to be able to make the project because I think right now that's more important than than when it's going to come out because it's more it's exactly. more if it's more if than it is when. In I mean, sense we know of it's that, happening. It's just about when they can get it to happen, when they have right. the, the correct health guidelines to be able right. to bring so many people together to film. Because California shut down, like California is not going. Down, yeah. So when 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 will it be? And and how it's not how it's like how 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 can we do it safely, and what what you know what what's been put in place to be able to ensure the safety of the individuals and ensure um, that we get the best possible product. That's a million dollar question. That's we just gotta we just gotta wait and see and hope that I just. They, feel like all films should kind of like I honestly like going on to Twitter today and seeing all this news made me really happy but also I just felt kind of upset because I realized that we don't even know when these projects are going to be able to be made because we just don't know what the world is going to look like and you know people are starting to get back into a sense of normalcy now you know businesses are starting to reopen but we didn't even know how that's going to affect Hollywood and storytelling for that matter. So I was kind of just like, I didn't even know if what I'm thinking I'm going to see is, is even what I'm going to see or even going to happen because God forbid another outbreak or another wave yeah. and we could be back indoors again. So there's it, it's, it's too much in, in the air for me to really feel confident about i think it's just nice news it's something that they're trying to give the public mm -hmm. because i don't know if they would have actually announced that they were planning a hercules film but i mean they like a lot of stuff got released early because of the pandemic so that was a good yeah. i mean that was the only upside to everything but i just think 
I agree. We're going to have to wait and see. I mean, I'm not in any rush for them to but, start making it. I'd rather them be safe instead of trying to film something for fans right away. Mm-hmm. Right, but do you wonder that if if these studios are playing their hand by, in the same sense like Zack Snyder, it, it, do you think they're playing their hand by saying, oh, this is all the cool stuff that could come out that we want to do, and then now that fans are kind of expecting it to happen, we're like, okay, no, we have to deliver this kind of stuff. No, I think that I, I have confidence, 100% confidence that they're going to deliver something that they know the fans want to see. I think that, again, with Zack Schneider, I think he has his heart in the right place with this. He knows that fans have been wanting to see his cut for a long time. So I think he's trying to do everything in his power to make sure that they get the the cut that they know they deserve. Um, again, it's all just a waiting game. And it, it's, it's f- literally just waiting to see when it comes. I'm not, I'm, I'm not in any rush for it. I feel, I feel that's, that's what's bad about it. Because I, I think you shouldn't be making something that the fans want to see you should be making the best possible product that you possibly can. And I feel that's, that's my issue really with the Zack Snyder cut and the, these other cuts that are coming out. Is, is, is this actually the best possible product that you can deliver or is this something that fans are going to love? And because that's what studios do. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to create a movie that is the that's the best product for for fans for audiences, but doesn't really take into account you know the storytelling and and what the director's trying to do. Again, it's all just a waiting game, so we're just gonna have to wait and see what they when they release it. And I just don't maybe, want maybe it to we'll be get a, a new flop. trailer. I just don't want it to be a flop where we spend $20 million that could have been put somewhere else to create a film that we don't necessarily need, although we want really bad, we don't necessarily need. In an attempt to create something that unfortunately the fate wouldn't allow us to provide, you know? Because at some point you've got to look at it and realize that is this, you know, the height of artistic expression or is this it's almost like PR economic stunt it's almost like asking yourself when you see it and if you're like disappointed or anything like this is what i've been waiting for like yeah and i just don't want all these do you really want to be left with that feeling or do you want to do you really do do you really think the conditions are, are are good enough to provide the best possible product that is not only going to make people happy but it's also going to make the director happy. That's also going to make studios happy by generating the amount of money that they need. But honestly, sorry, honestly, that's how I feel about Avatar. The Avatar sequels, like we waited over 10 years and literally it's going to be almost, I want to say like 11 years. It'll, it'll be 12 years since the first movie came right. out and they just got back to work for, for post-production or like they're still filming it. Like, they just posted filming pictures from Avatar 2 with, like, Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. Sam Worthington, Zelie Saldana, and, and another guy. And that, I was reading up on that. And not to, get, not to get too much into Avatar, but the first film for me was such a letdown. 
Like mm-hmm. I did not see the hype, to be honest. I wasn't like, I, I fell asleep, I think a few times, but I just wasn't understanding the hype. And then mm-hmm. I, I see these films and I'm like, okay, I see that he has about literally five more ready to come out within the next like 10 years. Like he has on IMDb, I was looking at it. They have up to like 2028 or something for the films. And like, they're supposed to be coming out like year after year. So I'm just, I, and I read the plot line too for Avatar too. So it's, it's interesting. Um, but again, like that's another, that I feel like you want anticipation though. Cause I'm, I'm, not hugely in Avatar, but I'm anticipating it. And then I feel like I'm going to be like, maybe a letdown, like when I see it and I'm like, okay, we waited 12 years for this. I think that's right. But I think that's where the letdown comes in. I think that's where it's different. Oh yeah, the no, I, I agree. It's the time. He spent a decade or so away from it, making it, or at least planning it. So then <laughs> when it comes out, we're like, okay, so you spent almost a decade trying to create this and, and, it's not anything that we thought it was going to be. Well, you know? I just want to see if James Cameron can like make a comeback and debunk Endgame for number one. Cause I think he said something like, and I don't know if this is actually what he said, but it's something like beating them at, with Avatar 2. But again, I think I on principle, he will. I don't think so. I don't know. I think I mean, so. But, but you have to take into account that Endgame re released. In order to be, but Avatar so did Avatar. Well. So did Avatar. Avatar I, released for two weeks in the theater, and they were able to get up to number one spot that way. So it's not like it's not. Some films re-release because work- of the popularity. I think was right, but I think what's working against him is the fact that most. But it wasn't the re-release. Like the first one. The re-release isn't what put it pushed Endgame into top one i'm pretty sure it was and no because it hadn't released yet into other countries so china when it came out in china it came out maybe like a few weeks after like a bunch of countries did not get endgame at the same time as us they got it maybe like a month later so those numbers came in the re-release helped obviously like it it did give it a i'm sure the re-release helped that was the i thought that was the whole pr side of it was was trying to get the number one spot so we re-released it so you can watch it again and get the hype again. But what? But answer me this: Like, what film wouldn't do that? Like, if if Marvel and Disney are see, okay, we're about we're we're about two million away from debunking debunking Avatar. You're telling me you don't think like if you were in that PR room, you'd say. But oh, that's no, the problem. Like- that's that's the huge problem with the movie industry is the fact that we're trying to make as much money as possible rather than just making I don't think a great it's about film. Making- I don't think it's about making the money. I think it was about the popularity of the film. Like it came out and I, I saw probably about. Yeah. But you, why would you, why would you want the number one spot? I don't really. If it's not to make the most, most, most money that you could possibly make with a film, why on earth would you want the number one spot on the top grossing film list of all time? Why? If you didn't want to make that kind of money, I guess maybe just stages of saying we have, the movie that's bragging rights amount of money. right but i'm saying it's that, but no. that's not to say that like 250 billion is not a good number to to have you know what i mean like you would want that much money why i mean there would be a point in doing that i think it could have been the money and it could have been for the number one spot but also because of how much like how much popularity the film had like avatar had avatar was it was a good film it was groundbreaking it was a a groundbreaking great film and i 
guess I, at the time I just didn't understand that as a, as like a 15, 14 year old, but I think we'll just have, again, I hate that I keep saying this throughout the podcast, but we'll just have to wait and see how it comes. I'm interested to see the trailer. That's what I want to see. I want to see if the trailer is going to like push my mind to that. I think, I think we're, I think what James Cameron is dealing with is the law of diminishing returns in the sense of he's, he, it's been a decade or so since the first one. He now, the first one came out in 2008 because I remember, yeah. So he has now, or he should have, he's still, still a decade, still over a decade. Avatar was 2009. He has it going all the way up to 2027. What I'm, what I'm getting at is yes. by now he should have the technology to create anything humanly possible. Did you know Vin Diesel is in it? Sorry. That doesn't change a thing. Sorry, so <laughs> random. I know, but I, I just saw his name pop up and I was like, That doesn't Damn. change a thing. Gru is in it. <laughs> he, he, he has... He's had a decade off. He has now access to possibly the best technology he could possibly have. Oh, I'm expecting he has, like he has the you know the mind to create a great film. Now it's just putting everything together to create the film that we're all waiting for. And I I wonder if that the expectation or the because how and also the fact that if when you start pumping in so much technology into a movie it starts to just look like a technological mess rather than an actual cohesive film i think when everything's cgi and everything's fake and everything you can you just know everything's not real you tend to just step out of it and be like i'm watching a cartoon rather than feeling like you're watching a a, a fully fledged film and I wonder if that's what's going to play into it. And I think that's probably what played into you watching it was you were just like, okay, this is all CGI and I can tell it's all CGI. And yeah, it looks It cool, wasn't but- that. It wasn't honestly like when I watched it with my mom, because we, we heard the hype, all that shit. And then we're like, okay, let's, let's see what the hype is about. So we rented it on DVD and it might have been the small DVD play we're watching it on, but um, I remember just the beginning of the film, I was kind of like, okay, interesting, interesting, like, all right. And then I fell asleep, and then all of a sudden I wake up to fucking blue people, and I'm like, what the hell's going on? Like, how did he become an avatar? So I think now I should rewatch it because I had such, like, a bad memory of it that mm-hmm. I, I think I should get back into it and see, okay, what is the hype? How can I how can I get back into it? So I'm going to, I'm, yeah. I'm probably going to sit myself down this week, probably Friday morning and just watch and see. It's also very long as well. It and is. And that was the first. And the, di- the dialogue sucks. It's another thing why it just doesn't move for a while. I just have to get myself to rewatch it again. Cause I, I mean, I, yeah. I see, I see the like poster thing for, it and I'm just like, that looks so, uh, but who knows? Um, I'll try and I'll let you know next episode what I thought about it. Yeah, do. This will be first reaction for. <laughs> Did you like it though? That that'll be my last question to you before we move on to our 
what avatar disney question yeah did you like it what did like i liked it the first time i saw it i thought it was interesting um but my issue i always i always i don't like cgi i will admit i'm very much very much a practical kind of guy i need things to have weight and feel like there's weight and so i find it very hard to watch films in which it's just an onslaught of cgi and 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 monsters and things like that. I just find it very hard to look past it. And I think up to, I think CGI is great up to a point. And I think once you pass that point, things just become like a cartoon to me. And nothing wrong with cartoons. I love cartoons, but I'm just like, I just don't know. You like the more realistic aspect. You don't like knowing that it's- right. I, I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna believe that these things are here, but when things, when you have a human being standing next to basically rubber, it's like, something's wrong in my head i'm like this doesn't feel yeah cohesive but um so moving on to disney um i did not pick the subject this was all zach <laughs> um didn't mean to throw i meant to throw you under the bus just kidding um so rumor mill has it that my dear old tom holland my Spider-Man is being rumored to play Milo Thatch in the Atlantis live action. So this was a rumor going, what's the face? So there's a rumor going around like always that there's a live action film for Atlantis coming out, which was one of my favorite films as a child. And I brought this to Zach's attention and he's just been very loving about it. The one thing I'll say this, I'll start this one. Go ahead. I love Tom Holland. You know mm-hmm. that. I mm-hmm. think he's a, I think he's a funny actor. I, I would love to see him outside of Marvel acting, which we will um, next year. I forgot what the film is called, but we'll see him. Um, I don't know. I feel like Disney needs to stop recycling their actors. Like they need to stop. Like. <laughs> Like, thank love you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we agreed. Um, I will admit that because I love Tom Holland ex- again. I love Tom Holland, but I'd rather see someone else play this role. I they have been fan casting him, so we'll see. I won't hate it. I really won't hate it if he was in it, but I'd like to see them give another kid an, a chance at it. Mic drop. It, it annoys me. It but annoys me and, and because it would be if it's for the like for the perfect role for them. If he was, I wouldn't be upset. But I understand where you're coming from. Like, start using other actors that you that you it, see potential for. It's not even just that though. It's the fact that and Zendaya. Tom, they have Zendaya rumored too as, as like, Kida, right? But yes. but the trouble is, which I find really hard about it is, they're both perfect. For those roles. Absolutely. But the trouble is, you've used them in so much stuff that now I don't feel it's a good idea. In all fairness, though, they've only been in Spider-Man together. They haven't done other roles, But really. But it's more of the fact that whenever, whenever one is cast in something, or, or at least rumored to be cast in something, the other is rumored to be cast in something. And I, I think the fact that we have Tom Holland in, in the Marvel Universe, and although it's still Sony, his side of it, but still included, 
We've seen him there. We know he has a love for Disney. He does Onward, which is a Disney film, to now being rumored to another Disney film. I'm like, okay, just tell us he's the poster boy for Disney already. Just, just, just admit it. Just, just make I mean, a poster it, with him on it and saying, this is the kid we're trying to sell you guys, okay? Because right now it's just so obvious and very annoying. They should just remove Mickey and just put Tom Holland's face. Just put his face on it. Because by, because by I now, don't hate it, but I'm just, I'm just annoyed with it because it ruins the possibility of him actually being in it. Because it, 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 it doesn't ruin it. It just deadens the excitement that could be. Because I honestly feel that both of them would be so good for those roles, but because I've just seen them in so much Disney-related stuff, or at least comic book, or just because I've seen them together so much, that now it just makes me sick to want to watch them again. And I just like, give me someone else. But again, like there's- Or just pretend like you're going to look for someone else. Just throw out a couple rumors. Just, just pretend. So just pretend. Make us guess. Make us really guess. Because there's nothing Honestly, wrong with them being together. The, just the Russo brothers just need to be like, all right, I'm just gonna use Tom Holland and everything because they really do. But and that's I, a problem. And that's another problem is recycling directors because that's what you get. You get you get directors who. Okay, this is, the tr- this is just the trouble with the entertainment industry in general, it, and, and this is why it's so hard to break in, is because you have people who enjoy making movies with their friends. And as great as that is and experience is, it also means that those people who could be shining stars or diamonds in the rough, to say, quote Disney, don't have the ability to be in these films because you have execs that love to work with certain directors and certain directors love to work with certain actors. So we just end up with this endless recycling. They know what they want and they know who's going to deliver that for them. So that makes sense. I will say that. Which is, which is also why I'm saying if you diversified the pool of directors in your midst, if you, if it wasn't just the Russo brothers and, and Joss Whedon as, as the, as the, the Marvel people, you really expanded it. And you Taika with Kiki too. In. You can't forget Taika. Well, yes. Or James Gunn. And, and, and uh, Ryan, what's it? Ryan Coogler. Yes, oh, those yes, individuals yes. are in there, but I'm just saying for the greater, for, if we're going to tally up their films, it's definitely been Josh Sweden and, and the Russo brothers as, as front runners for the Marvel Universe. I'm just saying if we really diversified the pool a lot more, we'd probably get more castings that are different. I think the fact that to consider to even consider Michael B. Jordan in the Marvel Universe or, you know, Letitia Wright in the Marvel Universe is is, is Zuri. Like that's huge. To get that's those kind of people who, who you wouldn't expect to be in it to be there, that's huge. And I just think if we're missing the opportunity to widen that scope by using and recycling the same individuals over and over. But I'm just mad because, because, because we've been recycling so much that when there's an opportunity to actually use those people, now it ruins that opportunity because people are just like, well, I don't want to see it because... Or even fans who love them together, who ship their relationship, just want to see them make out. That's really what it is, is people living vicariously through other people. That's why we have fan castings, but it just ruins the... And again, it is just a fan casting. So it's a fan maybe casting. they have other, know. they could have other people in mind. So we just, we don't know. Again, everything is just a waiting game at this point. I'll reiterate that because 
it is they just started developing this live action film. There's no producer, no director on board yet. So until we get a director and a writer for the film, we won't see a casting for at least probably like four or five months at least. But I, I the thing that I know the same thing with Hercules, we're not going to see casting until right. at least after summer. But it, I, another thing that I feel. I don't know if it's bad about, or at least uh, disappointed, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Atlantis should have been a live action a long time ago. It should have, honestly, but- Or at least least before the Jungle Book. I still haven't seen the live action Jungle Book. I feel we should have had an Atlantis live action before we got the Jungle Book. Because because it would have, it would have, worked because we had Maleficent, we had Cinderella. We, I, I feel like just seeing... Failed. Maleficent didn't flop. Maleficent, the first great. one was pretty good. Maleficent's great. The first one's fantastic. Well, the second one is, is, is good. Great. It's not amazing, but it's, it's good. Hercules, I hope they don't flop that. And that. Again, like we discussed the last time, I think that's got all to do with casting. It does. That's a huge we'll casting decision. And, what, and which direction they go with it, musically or not musically? I don't think they're going to go musically. I don't know. But so, any final thoughts on anything we've talked about at all today? Anything at all? Uh, I just hope that we're. Fans deserve to have a voice, but I just hope that fans aren't overpowering the system and just creating anything that we deem possible. Like, we're not just saying, oh, because we want something, we'll complain about it long enough to make it. Because sometimes there are some things that, you know, maybe they shouldn't come out. And, and, and once you domestify that and you make it real, you potentially, you know, dismantle the dream. And I'm referring, I'm referring to the Snyder Cut, really, if that's not clear enough. <laughs> I was waiting for it. But it's just like, I, I just hope that fans, because, because fans wanted it so badly that when it's given to them, I hope that fans are like, okay, I'm happy. Because if fans aren't happy by demanding it, then it's very clear that maybe this is something we shouldn't have asked for in the first place. That maybe it was, it was fine it being just an idea, a concept. And I think, I think Zack Snyder's made enough money to possibly even make it on his own or make his own cut, you know? And I also hope that maybe given the fact that he doesn't have a lot of money to make this compared to how much he wants, that maybe he just gets really creative and, and really, you know, does something with the material that he does have. Maybe we get some, he says he's going to be completely different to what we got, which I hope is what we get. We get something completely different that, that really is creative and, and innovative and really uses the best material possible because I just don't see us, you know, subscribing to a platform to watch, a half-assed version of a movie that could have been. Might as well not have it at all, in my opinion. But I, I understand the artistic merit in having 
or at least giving the director the, the, the ability to create something that they actually wanted to create. And I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. No, in all seriousness, I do. Um, I agree. And I think you hit the nail on the head with that one that I hope that the Snyder Cut is something that I, I really do hope it's a, a hit, but we'll have to wait till 2021 for that. This was the most depressing <laughs> podcast, I think, we've episode. Ever done. Because, I know. Because not, we can't even, we can't state anything actually happening. Everything on this list hasn't happened yet. Well, hopefully the next episode will be more positive and there's going to be possibly, you know what, Zach, I'm going to take a page out of your book and I'm going to shake things up next episode. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Get ready for some good shit, boys and girls. (laughs) 